Welcome back for another episode of the Happy at Work podcast with Laura, Tessa, and Michael. Each week, we have thoughtful conversations with leaders, founders, and authors about happiness at work. Tune in each Thursday for a new conversation. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Happy at Work podcast. A big warm welcome to our guest today, Colette Stahlbomber. Thanks so much for joining us, Colette. Hey, I'm thrilled to be here. Awesome. Thank you. Well, we'd love to start the conversation with learning a little bit more about you and about your kind of past and specifically around your career journey. And there's some funny things that I've heard about having to do with herding cattle <laughs> and maybe <laughs> something about a Nebraska debate stat, state champion. So tell us a little bit about your past and then how that's led to your role now at Microsoft. Yeah, you know, yes, I grew up on a, I grew up on a, a farm um, in uh, Nebraska in the Midwest. And, you know, I think um, there's certainly a lot of career character building uh, experiences I can draw on from that, you know, including, as you said, sort of, you know, standing in front of a gate. There's nothing like standing in front of a gate with a big stick and, and your dad saying, don't let any of the cattle pass through here with, you know, 600 head of cattle coming at you. <laughs> you learn, you learn sort of from a young age, right? How to, how to, um, stand your ground. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, you know, I, I did have an interest in, as you mentioned, sort of, uh, you know, speech and public speaking and persuasive speaking early on. And some of those things, you know, have definitely, you know, stuck with me and, and, uh, and, and have, have been threads throughout my career is what yeah. I would say. That's so cool. The power of, the power of words and the power of messaging. That's yeah. been a big red thread. Seriously. Tell us a little bit more about what you do at Microsoft. Yeah. So, you know, I started here um, in advertising. I have a journalism uh, degree and, and a marketing advertising background. I created the first ever uh, cloud campaign at the company, uh, was part of that when we said we were all in on the cloud. And, you know, really, um, you could sort of chart my career at Microsoft by the technology inflection points um, mm. and, uh, you know, cloud being one of those, but uh, kind of the shift from uh, when we started to become really open and interoperable with Linux and others being another. And now, you know, certainly and then the pandemic um, and the future of work. And now here we find ourselves obviously at another very big inflection point with AI. Yeah. Fascinating, I think, what you do at Microsoft. I'm curious about how do you think your past and all your experiences that you've had really influenced the, the kind of work that you're doing now, because you're really focused on the future of work and some pretty innovative things that Microsoft's been doing and an interesting kind of shift over the past few years, maybe more than few years around really focusing on the future of work. So curious about how you know, your experiences have influenced that. Yes, it's been, it's been, it's great to sort of take a step back on that in terms of the career journey. Yeah. You know, um, I was a, I was a speech writer for Satya Nadella, our CEO in his office. And, um, you know, we were, we were, we found ourselves often talking about Microsoft's role 
in sort of shaping and leading the conversation on the future of work beyond, you know, our our productivity and software tools, you know, the office suite that millions of people use every day, Microsoft 365. And that really did lead to um, the role in the charter that I now have around helping to shape and drive that conversation on the future of work for the company, um, as well as, uh, which was, you know, became critically important during the pandemic, as well as what you mentioned now in terms of AI and, you know, really uh, launching Microsoft 365 Copilot and uh, this whole shift to working in a new way. So, you know, you think about how dramatically work has changed in the past, you know, first with the pandemic in the past four or five years and now with AI. And we've really found that, you know, customers, our customers are turning to Microsoft and saying, help us navigate all these changes. And so a lot of what my team does and my charter is really born out of that burning customer need. And, you know, what I would say about that, if you kind of to take the career, career learning nuggets, if you will, is, you know, really embracing ambiguity, right? In retrospect Mm -hmm. and saying, saying yes to the biggest opportunities that excite you. Um, You know, that's really how I went from marketer to uh, speechwriter. You know, I really didn't, I didn't know a lot about that when I took that, what I kind of describe as a pretty big left turn in my career. Um, but I was really good at messaging and positioning and telling a story. And I think that is one of the most critical skills today that every product marketer um, and leader needs is, you know, any part of the organization, really, you need to be able to tell a story. And so that ability, my ability to, to tell a story turned into one job and then another and then another. Um, and so, you know, I think that's, I think that's one of the big, big opportunities is say yes to those things that, you know, really terrify you, but, but also excite you. Um, and even if you don't, even if you feel like you're stepping into something that you don't have all the answers, that's where real growth comes from when you're stretching yourself in that way. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I, I love that. I mean, sometimes it feels like we need to know, like, how is this going to go down? And will I have career advancement? And, you know, like, all we want to know, right? We want to yes. have some control. And some of the coolest things happen when you just sit, let go of that a little bit. And say, it does. Right? You know, I think increasingly, and we see this in our research, too, by the way, you know, careers don't have to be linear, right? And you look at the generation today, they have by and large figured that out much more even than, than mine had. But I think this idea that, um, you know, one of the hardest things ever for me early in my career at Microsoft was having a manager who sort of sat me down and said, okay, like, what do you want to do next? Right. And he was the type of person who had his entire career mapped out and he could draw it out on a whiteboard. And, you know, that's one approach. Um, But that's not the the approach that ever worked for me. I've been much more um, opportunistic about following my passion. And I think that has served me following my passion and saying yes to opportunities when they arise and without having everything be clear, as you're saying. And I think that has served me really well. That's so good. And I'd love also, I wanted to just kind of dig into what you were saying about storytelling. Because you know, we sort of think sometimes people think of storytelling as just like, oh, it's just this thing you should be able to do. But that underlying idea, right, is that we are translating and connecting with human beings in our stories, right? And that we're That's helping right. people understand things through the stories that we tell. And I think you're so right around tech 
And I think even more now as we think about AI, like how do we tell the story about why this is not awful and scary <laughs> and yes. why, you know, what the upside is. That's what I, I feel like there's been so much in the news about how awful AI is and very little about the amazing potential that it has, the really cool examples. I mean, every once in a while we'll hear maybe a medical example, but um, so I, that I'm curious, like in what you're doing now, do you feel like the work around AI specifically to the future of work piece? Yeah. I mean, is there, I'm imagining there's a big role of storytelling in that. Huge. Yeah. Storytelling's huge. I think anytime you're sort of, you know, birthing new products or ideas or, you know, bringing things to market that the world hasn't really experienced before, right? Like that's what's, you know, so amazing about this, um, this inflection point that we're in with generative AI. And, you know, certainly we saw that happen with the, you know, with the rise of chat GPT to hundreds of millions of users in a very short time. Um, but I think what people don't realize is we really just are at the, you know, we're just still at the very tip, you know, at the tipping point, at the very beginning, um, scratching the surface on how this can really, you know, I think unlock and open up um, opportunities for people. Uh, you know, take a take someone who's just starting out, uh, say an entrepreneur or someone has a business idea. Um, you know, the traditional way of how you would need to get that business off the ground, right? And hire, you know, a bunch of different kinds of people who do very distinct roles, whether that's a you know, someone to do the books and, and invoicing and someone to do um, other aspects of the business. Now you can do so many of those things um, using AI. And so, you know, what, how many more really creative, innovative ideas will go from, you know, just the seed of an idea to um, being fully, you know, brought into the world because we now have these powerful tools through generative AI um, where you have this always on, um, assistant, you know, really ready to help you out. Um, and you can ask it questions and you can, you know, it can help, it can help propel your work forward and your creativity forward in really interesting ways. Completely. And I think that's, we just don't hear as much about that, right? Like that's, and I think when people are starting to experience it for themselves, I mean, just a simple user using something like, you know, ChatGPT and seeing, oh my gosh, it, it's a great place to start to get me going, to get my, you know, creativity going, just to give me some ideas. It's, I mean, that's the simplest kind of version of it. And it's, there's so many other opportunities in that. Yeah. Um, we were just talking about this yesterday, you know, yeah. like with Copilot, it's sort of a dream realization machine, right? And so whether you are a marketer in a company or, um, you know, have a, have a small business that you're trying to grow. Um, you now have so many more tools at your disposal, um, to bring things to life, both, yeah. you know, both through words and also visually. I mean, just saying that term, right. Dream realization machine. <laughs> it just, it's, I don't know. It just it makes you excited about it. And then just connecting that to your storytelling piece. It's so cool. Well, I know one of the things I've been just blown away um, about from Microsoft is it's kind of the resources and the commitment to the future of work piece and just the number of researchers that you have and then the cool um, research that, that you all produce. And so I'm curious about 
whether or not you could share some of the findings from the uh, Microsoft Workforce Trend Index and some of the kind of recent research that you all have been doing? Yeah, I'm happy to. And again, this kind of, you know, this conversation today has a very, has the red thread of storytelling, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we started publishing in early 2020, um, something called the Work Trend Index. And uh, again, it was born out of, uh, you know, in the pandemic when overnight the world shifted to remote work and, you know, customers were saying to us, how do we navigate this? What do we do? Unfortunately, we had, you know, a platform called Teams, which many customers, um, you know, which, which was became critical in the yeah. pandemic to just keeping the doors open for many, many businesses and for just a, just for all of us to connect as humans. Um, but essentially, you know, that sparked an idea that was, okay, let's do some research. Um, we do a lot of research at Microsoft. We, as you said, we have researchers all over the world. We hadn't really brought all that to bear on a single problem um, in the way that we did during the pandemic around work and how work was changing. And so the Work Trend Index was born, and we've been studying this now year over year ever since and, and really tracking the trends and reporting on the trends and helping customers understand how they can help their employees keep pace with the changing uh, landscape of work. And so in this latest study that we just published on AI, you know, um, we talked to people about their use of generative AI tools like Copilot. And, you know, what they told us with Copilot in particular is that, you know, 77% of our early users said they don't want to give it up. Uh, they don't want to go back to working without it. And again, I think that speaks to um, what people are experiencing when they have an always-on assistant um, that they can turn to and, you know, ask any task about work or help them draft a document or help them break through writer's block and a number of those, you know, help them, help them find information, all those kinds of things. And they, people told us they made it, they made it, uh, they made them faster and more productive. 70% of um, Copilot users said they were more productive. 73% they could, said they could complete tasks faster. And, you know, but so maybe one of the more interesting findings is how it can help people have more fulfilling, satisfying work. Um, you know, they said it helps them focus more on that. Uh, 52% and, you know, 51% said they, they find work more enjoyable using Copilot. And so those are just a little, those are just a few of the findings. Um, and, you know, they also, our best users told us it saves them 30 minutes a day. That's 10 hours a month. And, you know, who of us does not want to get 10 hours a month back, yeah, right? That's a lot seriously. of time we can do other things with. Completely. I, I wanted to ask you about that as you were sharing about the more fulfilling and satisfying work and making work more enjoyable. Do you think that's the connection is that a lot of the things that about our work that maybe are repetitive or that somebody else could do that we can use AI to kind of pull some of those things out and focus on the things that actually require me as a human being to dig into? I mean, is that the, is, is that too simple of a... No, I think that's exactly the aspiration, right? We all have to do things in our job that we don't love, right? Right. That just comes with the territory. I don't care if you're CEO or what yeah. level you are, right? Like that's just, that just comes with the territory. And so, you know, when you have, you with generative AI and tools like Copilot, you know, 71% of people of our early users said it did save them time on those repetitive mundane tasks. But yes, I think it's, how can you automate the things like that out of your workday? 
so that you can free up time to do the most important work. And, you know, I think again and again, we see in our research that that's what people tell us they don't have enough time to do. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of years ago, I did a study with some other people around the biggest stressors at work. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that was like the biggest takeaway was I was expecting these biggest stressors to be things like you would think of like, um, you know, somebody bullying you at work or having being harassed or, you know, just those really awful, dramatic (laughs) things. Right. When the finding that blew my mind was the biggest stressor was just having way too much work. You know, and it was like, yeah, it's like, well, yeah, of course. I think (laughs) sometimes those obvious findings are the ones that jump out at you. Right. But only in hindsight. Exactly. But I feel like there has been this trend over in my career of in the olden days, it used to be you had a job and it was sort of fit within this kind of, you know, job description. (laughs) But now and especially I think in tech. Your job is becomes more and more of just how much you can handle, right? Like it's just becomes a pile on, especially, you know, smaller companies too, right? That you just are asked to do many, many things without any kind of rhyme or reason to it necessarily. So I think that idea of having too much work is just, is so real for people because we're just asked to do more and more things. So that's a really, I think, curious or interesting way that this tech could be helping us with that problem right now, right? Absolutely. Yes. I mean, I think, you know, what we kind of describe as separating the signal from the noise, right? How can you use Copilot or any generative AI tool to get at what's most important? Um, We see that in our data as well. You know, that's how we know that our heaviest Microsoft 365 users get over 250 emails a day and send and receive 150 chats and that Teams meetings are up 3x, you know, globally since 2020. And all of that points to exactly what you're describing. Um, You know, we're always looking for in our studies and our research what jumps out at us and what what is um, that emotionally resonant finding. And it's interesting you mentioned your happiness study because we saw the same thing, right? That people just said, you know, I'm, I, the drudgery of work is what's got me down. Yeah. <laughs> and so how can, you know, how can we use AI to really address that for people at scale yes. and make them, you know, and augment our own natural human abilities to be creative. I mean, that's, that's really why we called the product Copilot. It's not autopilot, it's Copilot. And so, um, you know, you as the human are always in control, but you just have this whole new, always available, always at the ready, you know, really smart assistant that you can delegate things to. Um, and I, and I think, you know, and I think also interestingly, we're learning working in that way does take practice, right? It takes developing a whole new habit. Oh, I bet completely. I mean, it's a, it's odd in some ways, right? If you're thinking about having somebody who's right there, who's very smart all the time. That's right. So, you know, we talk about things like how to build a daily habit with Copilot, right? Like it's just like learning a new language, you know, or, or exercising. You really have to be intentional and it takes everyday practice. It takes pausing and thinking, okay, is this a task that I should do or can I delegate this to Copilot? Yeah. Um, You know, and like you said, that overwhelming volume and pace of work, that's part of what we want to, that's part of what we we want to, and at the scale of Microsoft can take on as a real problem to address. Right. I think the um, kind of finding that 
I, I always talk about like the sweet spot, right? Because we know it's not about it's not about people not doing work. It's not about people not necessarily even having some stress, but it's that that sweet spot of like having the work that you work on be the stuff that gets you excited and energized, right? It's that yes. more focus on how do we create more employee engagement and less of the, you know, the really bad distress and the overwhelm feeling for people. So yeah, that's such sure. a, that's really cool. I'm, I'm, I haven't used Copilot yet, but I need to, I need to try it. It sounds You do. Like, you do. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So we'll get you, we'll get you set up. <laughs> I, I would love it. I would love it. Um, so my last question for you is in this kind of world where things are changing so fast. Again, I just, I can't even believe how much the AI piece has changed in just such a short period mm -hmm. of time. So what kind of advice would you give for people, leaders, managers, anybody really who's working around how to navigate this time, what to be kind of thinking about, how we can learn and not get freaked out by it? <laughs> yeah. You know, I think, um, I think a little bit of it is, you know, putting on that growth mindset. I mean, that's one of our core cultural, you know, uh, it's a cornerstone of our culture at Microsoft. Yeah. And I think this is definitely, this is a time to lean into optimism and curiosity, um, not fear. And so, you know, some of, I mentioned earlier, sort of starting to build that daily habit of using Copilot or other AI tools. Um, interestingly, we talk about sort of thinking like a manager. It, it, it is sort of exercising or building that muscle on thinking about how to delegate to AI. Um, and that, you know, people who have those skills and are good at, at delegating to AI, I think will, will, will free up more of their own time for the work that they love to do um, and unleashing their own creativity. Um, and then think about how you repurpose the time you get back right? What are you going to do with that reclaim time? You know, I think there's another emerging learning we're finding around as you begin to work with AI, it's like a, you need to think of it not as, it's very different from other um, productivity tools, if you will. You really need to think about it, it like, a, like a team member. How do you have a conversation? All right. It's an ongoing conversation. And so you need to keep coming back to that. You need to build that habit every day. Um, there's a little bit of don't give up. You know, if you don't get the if you don't get the answer you want or need the first time, try again. Yeah. Um, we're building that those kinds of things into our tools to help people. You know, there's something in Word when you use Copilot, you can use uh, rewrite, and it will give you six. You know, you can hover over a paragraph, and and I use this a lot. Let's say you, you know. You're not having writer's block on a blank page, you know, where to start, but you're writing something, a draft of a marketing plan or a blog or whatever it might be, yeah. a story, and you just need help with a paragraph, right? So you can use this and Copilot will give you, it will, it will generate six different ways to say it. And if you don't like those six, you can just keep going. And that, that notion of iteration yeah. and being in the conversation um, is a really key part of successfully using these new tools and working with generative AI. Yeah, yeah. That was a great example. And I love what you said about the delegation piece. I mean, how to delegate to AI. I think, I mean, that's so, again, one of those simple things, but it may, then it sort of like, it really clicked for me about that and how to think about it, where to kind of put it in my head. And then that second part about repurposing the time you get back, right? How yes. you use that in even yes. better ways, right? Um, <laughs> very, very helpful. 
Yeah. I, I kind of like to tie it to another thing I think about, which is sort of broader career advice. Um, you know, uh, don't be afraid to bring usefully wrong ideas to the table. Mm. And that's a little bit like sometimes what it's like working with AI, right? It's not everything is going to be right the first time we're going to be um, exactly precisely what you need, but it's going to put you further ahead. Right. And so um, that concept, you know, we think is really powerful, both in life. It's great career advice. That's one of the things I always tell, um, you know, anyone, but especially women, you know, don't be afraid to bring an idea to the table um, and put it, put it out there. And it's interesting, but the same is sort of true with AI. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was so good, Colette. Thank you so much for joining us today. I learned a ton and just really appreciate you sharing your stories with us. So thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks so much for having me.